an awesome spirit in this place. And it's the spirit of the living God. Amen. Lord, we just come to you today to worship you. We worship you in all your majesty and all your glory, God. We just need you, Jesus, to be our strength. When we feel weak, Lord, step in. Help us to feel your presence, Lord. When we're sick, Lord, you be the doctor that just steps in and just heals right at that moment, Lord. We know you're capable and you're able to do that, Lord. When we're feeling sad and brokenhearted, Lord, you're the fixer and the healer of the broken heart, Lord. So we come to you. Be our strength, Lord. We run to you with everything we have, Lord. We just pursue you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, church, say amen.
joy this morning. You are my joy. Yes, you are, Lord. Joy like no other. Joy like no other. Reaches me. He's my love. You are my love. You're my love. Perfect love. to know that we're in a race but he's our strength you are my strength come on we're in a race but he's our strength 
you are our strength. We just praise and we bless you. Give God one more hand praise. Come on. For his greatness, for his goodness, for his strength. Amen. I want to welcome you here this afternoon to our church. Thank you for being here at the Champion Center. We have so many people that watch us online, so we want to make them feel welcome as well, all right? We look at that camera back there and say, welcome Champion Center online. Welcome, welcome Champion Center online. Thank you for making the Champion Center your home today. We love worshiping with you. As you can see, we love worshiping here as well. God bless you today, wherever you are. Here's our motto. Say, we belong. We belong. Come on, we're strong. We're, strong. we're champions yeah. together. together. Please put a big smile on your face and shake some hands where you're seated. God bless you today.
Good afternoon, Champion Center. Yeah. All right, well, it is great to be here today. Today we have two baptisms today. So I love baptism. Baptism is where that you are saying to literally everyone in the room that I am choosing to follow Jesus Christ. Now, usually I get the opportunity to baptize kids because that's what we've had the past uh, couple months, but today we get to baptize two young men. So that is real significant because our country, our uh, community, and our church needs some young men of God to step up and be men of God. So first we have Bruce. Come on in, Bruce. Oh, there's, a, there's a step, and then there's another step. All right. One more step down. Right there. All right, Bruce, go ahead and face the lovely people. Bruce, how long have you been coming to the Champion Center? For about almost a year. Almost a year, all right. Now, why do you want to be baptized? I feel like I have a relationship with God. I know I have a relationship with God, and I, wanna, I want him to be with me every step of the way throughout my life. There you go. All right, well, Bruce, upon your confession of faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there's one. Next we have Kobe. Goes one step and then another step down. Kobe actually danced for the Champion Center on Easter. Uh, many of you probably remember that, but that was, that was cool. I, I enjoyed it. So, Kobe, why do you want to be water baptized? I want God to watch over me as I grow to become a person in life. I want him to... Save me, and I accept him as my Lord and Savior. There we go. Well, Kobe, upon your confession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Hey there, and welcome to the Champion Center. We are so glad you are here. My name is Starla Salyers, and we just want to welcome you. If this is your first time, please, would you get a belong card that's in the back of your chair and fill it out? You can either drop it off with one of our wonderful volunteers in the sanctuary, or you can meet us out at the Welcome Center, and you'll get a free gift. Listen, you're going to want to get on YouTube or podcast because Pastor Elvin, he was, if you missed his sermon, he rocked it, battle ready. So get on there and check him out. We have a, this great new series coming up in October 4th. It's Wednesday and it's with John Killam. You are not gonna wanna miss it. There is no reason, there is this great reason why he has the last name Killam. He's gonna kill him in prayer. What's up, everybody? It's Pastor Trevor here. I just want to personally invite you to join our family. What am I talking about? I'm talking about if you're in junior high or high school, we are relaunching our youth group. It's not even a group anymore. It's now a youth 
family. So you're not going to want to miss this time to come out and join us this Wednesday on September 27th at 7 p.m. It's going to be a, a great time to meet new people, to experience God, and just have an absolute blast. So junior high or high school, if you are even close to that, no, if you're in junior high or high school, you come to the relaunch of our youth family. It's going to be a blast. If you have any questions, we're going to be out in the foyer. We have a table. We would love to meet you and invite you. Okay, so junior high or high school, this Wednesday, 7 p.m. Don't you dare miss it. Hey there, would you like to win a car? You can if you're involved in the red and black golf tournament. This is a fundraiser for Mountain View Christian. Yes, and it is at Angel Park on October 2nd at 12 p.m. You are gonna to wanna to be a part of this. Let me tell you, if you wanna win a car, go to mbcs.net to find out more information about this golf tournament. Have you recently lost someone or even know someone that has lost someone? Please check out this video. GriefShare is a support group ministry that helps people heal from the pain of grief. The GriefShare video seminars, workbook exercises, and small group discussions give participants encouragement, useful advice, and hope. The GriefShare videos are, are excellent. The video strengthened me. It's a freeing kind of thing to be able to talk about your loss. My workbook helped me to unravel the feelings I was going through. If you know people in your church or community who are grieving the death of a loved one, tell them about GriefShare. Or visit a GriefShare group yourself to heal from the pain of your grief. There was such a void until I got into GriefShare. I never really healed down deep until I came to GriefShare. GriefShare brought me out of my sadness. Begin your journey from mourning to joy at GriefShare. Thank you so much for joining us here at Champion Center. We are glad that you came. If you have any more questions, please see somebody out in the lobby or in the sanctuary. And you can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, or championlv.com. Once again, we belong, we are strong, and we are champions together. Hello, champions. How are you guys this afternoon? And then there were lights. <laughs> Many times when we talk about giving to the Lord, we talk about the blessings that we receive when we give. That is really important. But one thing I want, sometimes that we forget about is the other part that God promises us when it comes to giving. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Pastor Elvin's been talking lately about that enemy that, that comes against us in our lives. The common enemy that we all have. And what does he do? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Exactly. And he tries to do that emotionally. He tries to do that relationally with us. But who also knows he tries to do that in our finances? That he tries to. How does he do that? When he, he's trying to kill our dreams for our plans financially. He tries to still all of those things that we've worked so hard to attain, and he wants to destroy our hopes for financial freedom. But you know what? Let's look to what God has to say about it. 
as it comes up on the screen. But, you know, a lot of times we'll ask, well, is, is Satan just trying to take my money? You know, that's not what he's trying to do. He's trying to keep you from God. What he's trying to do is keep you so focused on your finances and how ends are going to meet and how I'm going to pay this bill that you're not seeking who's our true provider. So, you know what? Let's see. Malachi 3, 10 and 11 says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and therefore put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. There's the blessing part. We can't forget that. That is important. But I want to focus on verse 11. Verse 11 says, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Wow. So not only will he provide a blessing, but those things that we already have, he'll protect those. The devourer is trying to devour our finances, guys. He is. He wants to devour it and and take away all that he can. But if we listen to God and we trust him and put what we have in his hands, he'll rebuke that devourer. I think I want a little bit of that. How about you guys? So as our ushers come forward, we're going to we're going to give today and If Satan is really taking a hold of your finances, or even if he's not, we still trust him for our blessings. Test him and see what he'll do for you. In Jesus' name. So, Lord, we just bless you today. We just honor you, and we thank you for being our true provider, a provider that takes care of our every need, whether it's the blessing or it's the prevention of the devourer, Lord. We just thank you. We honor you that we can give to you and we know that you will take care of it. So as we give today, Lord, take it, divide it, use it for your glory so that we can bless you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. No, there it is. Boom. All right, good afternoon. How many of you know that this past Friday marked the, uh, the end of summer and the beginning of fall? Yes. Change of season. So I, I, I was told, I was warned, see, I thought, that this 70-degree weather that we're getting, I thought that, oh, this will be like this for the next couple of months. They're like, no, nah, bro, just a couple of days, and then it's going to change. I'm like, oh. Anyway, so we're entering into a new season. We're entering into a new season. I'm excited, too. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But uh, not only is it a new season, um, you know, in the environment, but it's also a new season here at the church, and it's also a new season for uh, some folks that are here at the church with us. So with that being said, I'd like to go ahead and ask Pastor Randall and David if you guys would go ahead and join us on stage right now. And we're going to ask right now that Pastor Randall, why don't you just go ahead and tell us about your new season that 
God has called you guys into. In Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham to go to a new place, a new home, somewhere he doesn't, he's not familiar with, a place that's not his father's household. And um, he was obedient and he was blessed because he obeyed what God asked him to do. And my husband, David, and I, we feel like God has called us to a new place, to a new season, to a new home, somewhere that's not familiar to us. And so we're going to be obedient and answer that call. And we're going to be going to Modesto, California next month. And um, we're very excited to go and to be obedient to the Lord. But it's bittersweet because we love this place. The Champion Center. This is our home. This is where I grew up. It's where I met David. This is where we got married. We dedicated both our children here. And so it's very bittersweet. But I just want to encourage you to remain faithful to what God has called you to do. I know that because of this place, Dave and I are better people. We are better pastors. We're better leaders because of the Champion Center. And I hope that that, that this place is a little bit better because we've been here. Amen. Again, so from the bottom of our heart, uh, we just want to give thanks to every one of you. I just want to give thanks to our pastors who allowed us to stay. <laughs> but uh, let's give them a hand, everybody. Yeah. Uh, you guys have some uh, great leaders under you right now and. uh Again, as my wife said, just remain faithful to them and to the church. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Randall, tell us when you're, well, you guys are leaving when? Our last Sunday will be October 8th. Okay. You guys hear that? So the last Sunday uh, with us here in service will be October 8th. So on that day, we want to just celebrate and we want to love on them. We want to honor them. Uh, these two have put blood, sweat, and tears into this house. Yes, no, honestly. I said in the last service, see, I didn't know me coming here from California, I didn't know it was like a trade that was going to happen. I didn't know that. But uh, God has called them uh, on to California. It's bittersweet, but again, we want to honor what God's going to do because we know that they're going to follow the voice of the Lord. So what happens when you fast, you get answers. And sometimes God is like, well, it's time. But again, we know they're going to follow the Lord. We celebrate, uh, we celebrate that with them. But on that, uh, on that weekend, on the, on the weekend of the 8th, following this service, okay, we're going to just have a big old potluck, okay? So I know that we got, I'm looking around, I know we got some, some Jamaican stuff that's going to be coming. I know we got some African stuff that's going to be coming. So, uh, but just bring it on, and, and we're going to coordinate that uh, here in the next couple of weeks through Starla. But we just want to love on them and just, again, just celebrate them as God uh, promotes them to the next assignment that God has for them. Uh, Ronnie, I'm see you here. Would you, Dean, would you guys come up and join us on stage? We just want to pray. Uh, can we just pray? For them and, 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 and just what God is going to do and how God is just going to uh, just do amazing things. He's already done some amazing things through this family. Amen? Yes. And he's going to do more. Hey, why don't you two come up here too? Yeah, Sergio and Olga, come up here. Yeah. 
By the way, we have a really awesome Spanish ministry, and these are our leaders over that, Sergio and Olga. So do me a favor. Will you just uh, just stand up and uh, just extend your hands to the family here as we pray for them? You want to leave? Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> I'll give it my best shot. I've known uh, Pastor Randall since she was running around in junior high school here since the whole family came here. And I was young, but uh, hmm. man... I have mad love for Randall and David, and as well as you guys here, everybody's here, been part of their life, seen their children grow up, and uh, I'd be honored to pray for them. Amen. So, stretch your hand out, close your eyes, and uh, just focus on Jesus right now. Mm. And God, Father, we just want to lift up our brother and sister right now, Lord, and their beautiful children. Yes, Jesus. Father, they've came to this church when they were young. They've been ordained together as a couple in this church, Father. Their family has been uh, here before us and still here now, Father. And Father, you were the root of it all. Mm. Our, our roots grow down in you, Father. You are our foundation. You are their foundation. You are what they stand on as a family. And as a church family here at the Champion Center, Father, we will uh, wish them the blessed uh, overpouring of blessings in their life to come, Lord. Wherever they may go, Lord, these prepare the people for an awesome pastor, an awesome couple, Father, that's mm. going to lead people into salvation, lead people out of terrible seasons in their life, Father, yes. by what you've you planted in them. Lord, I pray for their children, Lord, that they just keep growing as beautiful and wonderful as they are, Lord. Bless David as the man of this family. Bless Randall as the as, as the powerhouse of this family. <laughs> and prayer, Lord. These are people that I've depended on in my life. Father, these are people that I call upon that have always answered the phone. Yes. Father, I know when they pray that you listen. Yes. And I pray that through this prayer, in, 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 in agreement with the rest of this church, that you listen and you just take care of our pastors. That you lift up the Champion Center and you just bless this home, Father, that they are so proud of that we will just stick together, that we will stay together, that we will rise and, and overcome, Lord. Yes. Father, I pray in Jesus' name a royal family right now in Jesus mighty and precious name and everybody says amen hey while you're on your feet go ahead and give them the ovation they deserve
So, um, a few months back, or oh, actually not a few months, got to a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we shared with you the 2020 vision. And the 2020 vision entailed basically what we believe was the modern day commission that God gave us as the Champion Center. And that was to what? To kind of go into the world, right? And, and to, part of that is to spread the gospel. And do you remember a couple of weeks ago, as we were talking about, you see it there on the wall, kind of being fair, being forgiving, and being focused on God? A part of that, we decided we needed to have a target goal of having 20 missionaries all throughout the world spreading the gospel. You guys remember that? Well, guess what? We're one step closer to achieving that vision. Yes. We have recently added a brand new missionary. His name is Eric Duke, and he is going to be doing work in one of those areas that we haven't reached. Matter of fact, I think we have a video. And uh, Good go ahead. Champion here Center. Right here. Good morning, Champion Center. My name is Eric, and first of all, I want to say it's awesome that you guys have this 2020 vision of just reaching the world with the gospel message of hope and salvation in Jesus. And I'm excited to tell you that I'm soon to be heading to Russia, and I'm excited because I'm even part of a new church planting team of bringing the gospel message to people that have never heard. You see, right now, it's a very interesting time in history in that we are seeing the largest revival amongst Muslim people groups in any other time in history. And you might think, what does that have to do with Russia? Well, let me explain a little bit. See, these countries just south of Russia, which are predominantly 100% Muslim, countries like Kazakhstan and Turkey and Georgia, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, these countries, in recent history, there's been a rise of just extremist Islam, groups of like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. And with that rise of the extremism, there's been so much bloodshed and violence. And with that happening, people that have lived here for generations they're starting to flee out of that violence and they're fleeing into Russia because in Russia it's a little bit safer for them to live there. And with that happening, these people that have been Muslim for generations and generations, it's their identity, it's their culture, but right now they're starting to become disillusioned with Islam because they're seeing all this violence and they're saying, if this is what Islam promises, maybe I don't want this violence. And you know, they're still seeking God, they still want a relationship with God very much, but they're thinking maybe Islam isn't the way. So, you know, that makes me excited uh, that they're starting to become open to, uh, to something other than Islam and they're becoming more open to the gospel message. And you see in Russia right now, there's about 87 unreached people groups and that represents millions of people who've never once heard the gospel message. And, you know, as exciting as that is, it still makes me think of Romans 10 where Paul says, how can they hear, or sorry, how can they believe unless someone is preached and how can they preach unless they are sent. You know, so these unreached people groups, they still have no chance in hearing the gospel message unless someone tells them about this hope in Jesus. And, and I can't go unless I am sent. So I'm excited to be part of the ones going and, and telling them, but I also need to be sent because not all of us are called to go. So with your partnership, you can be helping to send me to bring this gospel message of hope and salvation to those that have never heard. And just thank you so much. I want to Again, encourage you in this 2020 vision, bringing this gospel message to the ends of the earth. Thank you so much. God bless. And so we are uh, excited about the opportunity of being able to send Eric to support 
uh, the ministry. They're going to uh, build churches over there, and, and they're just going to go over there and just change Russia because we know God loves Russia too. Amen? So, um, again, one at a time, we're going to get there. We're going to get a missionary all over in every continent because, again, we believe that that's what God has called us to do. So what we're going to do is right now we're just going to go ahead and take an offering uh, to support Eric and his work uh, going to Russia. I think he'll be there in about two or three months. And uh, again, because we just believe, again, that this is our way of having uh, our feet on the ground, so to speak, in Russia. So Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to pour into Eric and we just uh, speak life and um, uh, just just favor into his ministry. We just pray that you'd give him an open door. Uh, Lord, just allow him uh, favor over there and allow him to influence and allow him to show uh, all of those folks over there how much you love them. And Lord, just do an amazing work through him and his ministry. We thank you, Lord, for this privilege and this honor. In Jesus' name, amen. pray for Mexico. We need to pray for Puerto Rico. Um, I have friends that are from Puerto Rico and uh, they're like, man, we haven't been able to get in touch with our family. We have no idea. Uh, just complete devastation in those areas. And you know, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm just, <laughs> I'm a little miffed that we have to continually pray like this. I'm upset that we're always having to pray for people that are in such distressing situations, right? But just because I'm upset about it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it, right? So can we take a moment just before we get started just to pray for, I mean, for Puerto Rico and to pray for Mexico and the people down there? Lord, wow, we come to you, Lord, right now and we just pray. We pray for each and every single one of those dear souls. We pray, Lord, that in this time of confusion, in this time of devastation, in this time of destruction, that even now, that this would be a foundation, that right now, as they rebuild their lives, that they would rebuild their lives, they would rebuild their countries, they would rebuild their nations on the foundation of the gospel, the foundation of peace. So, Lord, right now, we just pray an incredible move of God. 
an incredible move of the Spirit, Lord. Bring people together. Unify them. Unify them with each other and unify them with yourself. We just pray, Lord, again, favor, provision. Give them the resources needed to rebuild. To rebuild. Protect them, Lord. We know that you love them. We know you love them. We know you love them. We know you care. So, Lord, make a way for them. Do the impossible. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for your prayers and continued prayers for that part of the world. Well, unintended events, unintended events are a part of life, are they not? Um, and when those things that are unintended happen, they, uh, sometimes they can be hard, but we can eventually get over those things. Uh, sometimes people unintentionally do things to hurt us, right? Have you ever been unintentionally hurt by someone? They, they didn't mean anything by it, but you ended up being hurt by someone unintentionally. But with some patience and some understanding and some grace, we can actually forgive them and we can work through it. But <laughs> what really gets to me what, what really gets me going is when it's deliberate. When it's deliberate, when someone purposefully with intent tries to do harm. You see, when someone is purposefully with malice examining you and, 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 and finding out your buttons, they know your buttons and they know how to push them and they know when to push them. When someone takes the time to, to scheme and to plot a game plan of attack on your life, your character, your reputation, your peace, your person, when someone is trying to hurt you to cause harm, that is on a whole nother level, right? That's a whole different game plan. You see, the reason that we as a church over the last three weeks, the reason that we have been studying the series entitled The Battle Plan is because you have been studied, you have been examined. You have been put under the proverbial microscope by the enemy, by the devil. He has been studying your likes and your dislikes. He knows exactly what your buttons are and how to push them. He knows your, your, your habits. He knows your attitudes. He, he knows your, uh, 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 your situations. And, and the thing is, is he will even go so far as to use relationships to get to you. He will use your family and those closest to you to get to you. You're like, amen. He, yes, a, amen. Amen, pastor. Now, here's the thing. We're the champion center, right? 
We're the champion center. Right? We belong. We're strong. We're champions together. Right? But here's the thing. Right? To live like a champion requires training like a champion. Does it not? To, to live like a champion, you have to train like a champion. That's why, for example, it's so important when we talk about doing this series on prayer starting this Wednesday night. That's why it's so important to train up your prayer life in a way that you can live like a champion. You want to connect with God. You want to be able to hear him. You want to know how to pray. Come Wednesday night and we'll train in that area. But again, the, the, the whole purpose of the battle plan that we've been talking about over the past few weeks is simply this. And so we can train our spirits in such a way that we are victorious and that we live like a champion. Okay? And so we have been actually covering the battle plan. And in the battle plan, there were four different steps that we talked about over the last couple of weeks. Do you remember those? They were to what? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Okay? Uh, say that with me. Be strong. Be strong. The next thing that we talked about was simply this, was we needed to armor up. Say it with me. Armor up. We needed to put on the full and the complete armor of God. The next thing that we talked about was we needed to be strong. Say it with me. Be strong. I mean, stand. Sorry. Stand. Stand. Yes. We needed to stand and hold our ground, and we needed to resist the attack of the enemy. Because we learned that when we resist the devil, he will do what? Flee from us. The final thing that we talked about is that we needed to be able to pray. And we needed to pray in the Spirit when? At all times. At all times. I want to introduce you to a friend of ours. Uh, and her name is Marion Renault. Marion, you see her picture here. This is our friend Marion. And you see she's doing a little bit of work over here. Holly Holmes' face is not really looking too good right there. But our friend Marion here, obviously she fights in the UFC. She's a bantamweight, and uh, she's a, a highly ranked fighter. She's a great fighter, uh, but she's also a great trainer. The reason that we know Marion is because she trained uh, my wife, Sabrina, and she trained my daughter uh, for a while when we were living in California. See, so that's why I don't ever get out of hand. I, I, I'm... <laughs> You know, I fool around at the house and end up tapping out. You know, I, I just, you know, I, I, they, they keep me on the straight and narrow. But I absolutely, again, I love MMA. I love the UFC. I love mixed martial arts. I love all that kind of stuff, right? But one of the things that the UFC does absolutely better than anybody else, I think, out there is that they do a great job of telling the story of the fighters, they have a show that's actually called UFC Embedded, okay, UFC Embedded. And what they do on that show is, like, for, say, for example, there's a big fight happening in two months. And for the two months leading up to that fight, they will, in essence, live with these fighters. They'll show them training. They'll show their families. They'll show all of these different interactions. And you'll learn everything about the story behind the story, so to speak, of the fighters. 
So by the time the fight happens, you are so emotionally invested in that fight. You're like, man, I know these people, I know them, and, and, and you're just pulling for them. And so I, I guess the thing is I, I want to share with us today is that there is a greater insight, right, and a greater appreciation when you know the story behind the story. Amen? Amen. So uh, we're all familiar with the story of David and Goliath. Right? We've all heard about David and Goliath. We all know about this nine-foot giant who was just causing all kind of havoc. And we know about the fact that David goes down there with a slingshot and just, boom, plucks him right in the center of the forehead, kills him, cuts his head off. We know all of that. Right? But here's the thing. This morning, I want us to take a few minutes. And I want us to get embedded I want us to go behind the scenes. I want us to, to get the backstory of David. I, I want us to see the story behind the story. Because I think if we do that, we will learn three key elements that will transfer and help us in our battle plan to live as a champion. So are you ready for these three elements this morning? All right. The first of these three elements is simply this. It'll give us insight, say with me, insight, insight. Inspiration, inspiration, and instruction. So when we learn the story behind the story, we'll have additional insight, we'll have inspiration, and we'll also have instruction. Now, back to David and Goliath. Before Goliath, and again, before he got that new piercing in the center of his forehead, uh, before he got that, okay, you got to understand the scenario. See, on one side, on this one mountain, there stood all of the Philistines were gathered on the top of this mountain. And then on the other mountain, right across the way, all of the Israelites were gathered. And in the middle, there was a valley. And for the longest time, for 40 days, the Bible says that Goliath would walk down in that valley and he'd begin to start talking mad noise, like mad smack. He was just talking trash for 40 days. He was running his mouth. He was talking bad about God. He was talking bad about their country. He was probably even going so far as to talk about their mamas. Okay? He was out there every day for 40 days just running, trash. Now, here's the thing. I don't want you to miss the significance because he was out there for how long? 40 days. 40 days. And see, whenever you see that number 40 in the Bible, there's something very significant that's always attached to the number 40. Okay? The number 40 is always symbolic of what? Of new beginnings. When you go through the scripture and you start seeing different instances of things that occurred with 40, you start seeing that there's a major change that happens after it. For example, Moses was 40 years old when he fleed into the desert of Sinai, and he stayed there for 40 years. And then he came back, and there was a new beginning, and what? He led the people of Israel out of captivity. The people of Israel were, were wandering the desert for how long? 40 years. Okay? When Moses received the Ten Commandments, how long was he on top of the mountain? 
40 days, okay? The Bible tells us that when, when, in, in Noah, in the time of the flood, it rained for how long? 40 days, okay? When Jesus fasted to begin his ministry, how long did he fast? 40 days. When Jesus appeared after his resurrection and he appeared to different people before he was ascended into heaven, how long did Jesus appear to people? 40 days. So there's something very significant about the number 40 because whenever you see the number 40, again, it means a new beginning. And, and the thing that Goliath was unaware of is that even though he was doing this for four days, he didn't realize that David's new beginning was going to mean his end, his demise. So I just want to take a moment right now before I go any further is I want to just stop and I want to encourage you. Because in this house, at our 10 o'clock service, y'all are the hype ones. <laughs> Even though y'all are hyped, right? I think in here, I think we got some, I'm going to call y'all 39ers, okay? Not 49ers. I, I think we got some people who are on, you are on day 39. You are on year 39. Okay, and, and, and I just want you to know that, hey, guess what? Tomorrow is a new beginning. It, it, it's a new beginning. You're, you're, you're this close to a new beginning. See, I don't know about you that I, I don't want to stay on 39. I want to get to 40. I want to get to 40. I want to keep going. I want to move into everything that God has for me. I want to move into that new level that God has for me. But again, last Friday, last Friday, it marked the end of summer and the beginning of fall. Okay, but here's the thing. Last Friday also marked uh, the, the Jewish holiday known as Rosh Hashanah. Okay, that's the beginning of the Jewish New Year. Okay, the beginning of the Jewish New Year. And here's the thing, right? How many of you know that God speaks through uh, prophets and, and different people? Okay, he speaks through his word, obviously, he, he speaks through the Bible. But whenever there is a prophet that speaks, okay, a prophet should always confirm what the word says and not be, you know, all off and all, you know what I'm saying? Like, in other words, there's some people that prophesy. And there's other folks that just prop a lie. Okay? And I'm not talking about prop a lying. I'm talking about prophesying. And, and, and this, what I want to share with you is something that, uh, that a, 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 a prophet who I, I trust and, I, and, and I've seen the fruit, I just want to share with you uh, what they said about this particular uh, season. They simply said this. They said, this is not just a new year, or a new season. It's actually a new era. An era is a date or an event that forms the beginning of a distinctive period. It's an era or distinct period marked by an all-consuming love for God, the awakening of God in our hearts, the promises of God showing up in our lives and in the nations, and the goodness of God majesty of God, power of God, the reign of God, the justice of God, the redemption of God, 
and the glory of God. We are moving in to that new era. That's exciting. That, that, that is so exciting. But, but back to David. I want to move back to David. See, we all know that David killed Goliath. But again, to understand the story behind the story, we're going to have to go backwards through the Scripture. Okay? We need to go back. We're going to reverse and go back through the Scripture. See, and the thing I need you to understand about David is this. David, how did he even get to the battlefield? Why was he even there? Why wasn't he tending the sheep? Okay? I'm going to tell you why. You want to know why David showed up? Because David was the snack boy. David's job, his dad said, hey, come out of those sheep fields. I need for you to take this bread. I need for you to take that cheese over there. Take that up to your brothers. They're on the battlefield. Take this out to them, and while you're there, just check on them and come back to me and let me know what's going on with them. Okay? So David loads up his bread, he loads up the cheese, and he gets to the battlefield, and he finds out there's this giant down there who's talking crazy noise, okay? And David is like, listen, I don't know about y'all, but uh, if y'all aren't going to do nothing about this, I will. I will. And so when we find David... We find him now that he's talking uh, to the king, and, and the king is like, okay, well, hey, I'm, I don't want to have nothing to do with him, but if you want to get out there, it's on you. You go fight him, okay? And that's where we'll enter into our scripture today in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 38 and 39. 1 Samuel 17, 38 through 39 says like this. It says, then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail, or a, uh, like we talked about uh, last week, a breastplate. Uh, David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and he took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I am not used to them, so David took them off again. Go ahead and leave this up for me, guys. What I want you to understand, I want you to understand, I want you to see this scripture, okay? And so um, the best way I can do that is, uh, Tracy, will you join me up on stage? Um, as Tracy is coming up on stage, I want you to know something. I want you to know that around these parts, we have, welcome, thank you, thank you, um, we have a really, really competitive environment around here, okay? And I mean that from a standpoint, like, this is dating back to, like, you remember that marriage bliss retreat we had a couple of months ago? Well, while we were there, I discovered that Pastor Trevor and Holly, see, they're sitting here all in church, and they're just looking all nice, and, <laughs> but let me tell you, these two are some competitive rascals, okay? They don't like to lose at anything, we were playing new games, and Holly was just, ah, she was just going in at me, right? You see, I mean, you've seen the picture. They're jumping out of airplanes and stuff like that, okay? And so 
One, you know, and so we got this competitive thing happening. And I wouldn't put it past them for them to say, you know what, Pastor? We believe we can take you out in a game of basketball. Okay? I told him this last night. You know what he said? Bring it on. So, you know, my last name is Hayes, so I don't take a challenge in the basketball court too lightly, okay? So, you know, they want to step up, they want a challenge, that's fine. You know what? I'm going to get Tracy, and we're going to accept the challenge. We're going to take them out, okay? But, but here's the thing, right? Before we do away with them, right, I got to get you ready. Okay, I, I got to make sure you're ready. So uh, what we, th those are, I mean, you, you look nice and everything, but you don't really look like you're ready to hoop. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to help you out. All right, so um, I'm, I'm not going to ask you what size you are, uh, but I, I just kind of know. What I'm going to do, though, I'm going to give you some shorts, okay? And, and, and see, these shorts right here, uh, uh, these are Jordan shorts. See, they got the little red man on them someplace. I saw him earlier. Oh, there he is. Where, where, oh, where, where, where is he? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, oh, they're on there someplace. Okay, yeah, there he is, there he is, right there, there he is, okay. All right, so go ahead and put those on real quick. Yeah, yeah, put those on, we got we to gotta get you ready. Now, uh, wow, yeah, okay, that's, that's cool, yeah, yeah, you're looking good. Look, oh, watch out, watch out, watch out, don't want you. We can't get hurt before the game. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, I see you got, now, Flip-flop, you got your toes all done, that's nice. But your shoes, I mean, that's not going to work because, you know, Holly's quick. She likes to do all of this, so you got to be able to keep up with her. So what size shoe do you wear? She wears an eight and a half. That's cool because guess what? I wear a 16. So what I'm going to do is go ahead and put these on. Yeah. See, see these are Jordans too, so we're going to, we're going to, so yeah, go ahead and put those on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need some help, okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, okay, woo! Looking good, looking good, looking good. Now, again, see that top? You know, you got a little sequins and stuff on it, and I don't want those to pop off, right? So I need to get you uh, a jersey. And uh, see, so what we got to do is we got to get you all dressed up. Yeah, there we go, bam, right? We got to put this on so you'll be ready. And because, you know, part of the game of intimidation, you just look like you can play, the other team will get scared. And, they, and they'll, so we'll go ahead and put this on you. They're like that. And go ahead and, yeah. All right. All right. All right. You ready? All right. So here's the thing, okay? I want you guys to see this scripture because this is what this scripture looks like. This is what this scripture looks like because the first thing that the scripture tells us is that David was given Saul's armor. Okay? I gave all of this. This is my stuff, and I'm giving it to her. Okay? But here's the thing. The first thing we got to learn is simply this, is that you, you have to have your own armor. You got to have your own armor. You can't borrow anybody else's armor when it comes to fighting. 
See, see, you, you, can't wear your, you can't wear your mom's armor. Oh, my mom is such a prayer warrior. That's good, but you can't wear your mama's armor. You can't wear pastor's armor. You have to wear your own armor. But here's the thing. You have a suit, a custom-made suit designed by the master tailor himself to his exact specifications to fit you and what you're going to face. And here's the next thing. Uh, you can't, you cannot next put on anybody else's responsibility. You, you cannot accept something that's not your responsibility. Okay? Hello, guilt. Hello, shame. You cannot put that on. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Let's give her a hand for being a good sport. And when that game comes up, we're going to take y'all out. I'm going to let y'all know. I'm sure they're scared. <laughs> She's like, I'm sure they're scared. <laughs> yeah, she's like, let me get out of this stuff, please, right now. I just, thank you. Let me get these out of the way. I'll trip over these myself, and we'll really have an issue. It's a shame. You know, this is terrible. When I go to the store to buy a shoe, I'll look at something on the wall. I'm like, oh, that's a really cool-looking shoe. And they bring it out of my size. I'm like, that's not the same shoe. The style, <laughs> it completely changes when it gets to that size. But anyway, um, but here's the thing. The thing I need you to know is this. Again, you can't put on anybody else's armor, Right? You can't put on responsibility that's not yours. But even worse than that, you cannot give away your responsibility. You can't give away the thing that was given to you. You can't give that away to somebody else. Right? We've been talking over the last few weeks about the armor of God. And we see that in this passage that Saul gives away his helmet and he gives away his chest piece, okay? He gives away his helmet, and he gives away his chest piece. The thing that's supposed to protect his thoughts and the thing that's supposed to protect his heart, he gives it away, right? And when you study Saul, when you look through the Bible and you see what his issues were, guess what? His issues weren't his loins. His issues weren't his feet. His issues were his heart and his mind, he was willing to give it away. So the first thing that we learn, again, when we learn the story behind the story, is we get insight, and the next thing that we get is inspiration. Say it with me, inspiration. inspiration. So again, we're going to go backwards. We're going to reverse. We're going to go back to 1 Samuel 17, verses 34 through 37. So what we find is we find that David is in front of Saul. And while David's in front of Saul, he's talking to him, and, and basically Saul is saying, hey, uh, what makes you think you can do this? And so David begins to run down his resume. David begins to run down his qualifications, so to speak, of why I'm going to go out here and take care of business. Okay? And this is what we find in the Scripture. The Scripture says this, But David said to Saul, your servant, I, 
was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and what? Took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. (laughs) And when he rose up against me, it goes on to say, I seized him by the beard, struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. So, here's the thing. David didn't just guard the sheep. Because, you know, we think of, you know, David's a shepherd, right? He's a shepherd, and he's just going to protect the, the sheep. No! Do you see what happened? David, okay, David attacked the attackers. Y'all see that? He attacked the attackers. Now, it's one thing. I, it's, but the part that blows my mind is the Bible says that he went after them, attacked them, grabbed them by the beard. The scripture says he grabbed them by the beard and killed them. Now, see, I don't know about you, but the only person I know that can get away with grabbing somebody by the beard is mama. Y'all remember this? This This was when the Warriors won the championship. Kevin Durant's mom is out on the court. She grabs that seven-footer by the beard, pulls him down like, I told you y'all could do it. I told y'all. And I'm like, whoa, she just grabbed him by the beard. Okay? But here's the thing. You got to be a bad motor scooter to grab somebody by the beard. Okay? I saw See that guy right there with the long beard? Don't grab him by the beard. I'm telling you, a couple things. You don't grab a man's beard, you don't touch his bald head. You don't do that. She's the only one that can touch this. But, again, you got to be somebody bad to grab a lion by the beard, to grab a bear by the beard, and to kill them. But here's the thing. The reason David was so eager, the reason that David was so ready to face the giant is because he was inspired by what he had seen God do in the past. (laughs) Ah, I'm looking out and I'm seeing some Davids. Good morning, David. Good morning, David. (laughs) Ah, good morning, David. Good morning. Because when I look at it and I see the David, see, I I know that based on what God has already done in your life, that should inspire you based on the fact of what God has already brought you through. Based on the fact that how God has already kept you afloat. Based on the fact how God has already kept you sane. Based on the fact 
that God has already brought you over. Based on that fact alone, somebody in here, somebody in here should be willing and ready to go grab that lion, to go grab that bear, to go grab that giant by the beard. See, I believe that there's somebody in here that there's some beard-grabbing anointing in this house. There's some beard-grabbing anointing that's like, I don't care what I've got to face. I don't care what I'm looking at now. All I got to do is look back and see what God already did. And I know that this thing that I'm facing, this too shall pass. (laughs) Uh. The last thing that knowing the story behind the story will give us is instruction. Instruction. See, when we go back even further, what we find out is this. It's as David is arriving with his cheese, as he's arriving with his bread. It says, so David arose early in the morning and he left the flock. He left his sheep with the keeper and he took the supplies and he went as Jesse, his father, had commanded him. And he came to the circle of the camp where the army was going out in battle array, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines drew up in the battle array, army against army. Then David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper, and he ran to the battle line and entered in order to greet his brothers. You see, that's the instruction. The instruction for us, is just like it was with David. The instruction is this. You got to leave your baggage. See, the Bible says that David left his baggage and he ran to the battle line. He left his baggage. See, he left all the fear. He left all the doubt. He left all the worry. He left all the anxiety. He left the fact that, you know what, I'm the baby brother. I'm the youngest. I shouldn't be doing this. He left all of that, and he ran to the battlefield. Again, that's the instruction for us. See, we, some of us in here, we got too much baggage. We got too much baggage. We got baggage. We got old Samsonite stuff. We got stuff we've been carrying so long, we can open it up. We don't even know what's in the suitcase, but we've been carrying it all these years. Oh, I got to carry my, I got to keep it with me. I got to keep We have too much baggage. We have too much baggage. See, here's the thing. I know when we go to the airport, they say, you know, hey, you got to keep your eye on your luggage. Keep your eye. No, we don't want to keep our eye on this. We have been looking at this stuff for too long. Too much emotional baggage, too much relational baggage, too much baggage. We were not supposed to have this baggage. Y'all keep your baggage if you want to. I ain't keeping mine. I'm getting rid of it. The scripture tells us, as it relates to baggage, (laughs) uh, Jesus himself says this. And Matthew, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and got baggage, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and will find rest 
for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want you to see this in the message version. The message version says this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy. I won't give you baggage or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, in that, in that passage, when it's talking about religion, it's not talking about going to church. It's about the fact that God is all about relationship, not just doing something because we think it's the right thing to do. It's all about the true relationship. That's what he's saying in this passage. So we're getting ready to close. We're getting ready to dismiss service. But before we do, there's two groups of people I specifically want to pray that I just believe that the Lord really wanted us to pray for in these services this weekend. Now, here's the thing. If you need to um, uh, uh, make a commitment to Jesus, we never want to take that lightly. So following the dismissal of service, we're going to have some prayer partners up front. And if that's you, if you want to commit your life to Christ, please come up and see one of them. Pray with them. Okay, because we don't want to forget that. But here's the two groups of people I want to pray for specifically today. The first group is this. We want to pray for those who have baggage. Okay? If you just got some baggage, if you got some stuff that you're just tired of taking around with you from place to place, house to house, job to job, relationship to relationship, you are tired of taking this baggage with you. Okay, we want to pray for those that have baggage. The second thing, that the second group of people we want to pray for this morning is we want to pray for people who are ready to run into a new era. Into a new distinct period of time in their life. So what we're going to do right now, I'm just going to ask if that's you, if you've got baggage that you just, you're just tired of, go ahead, just come up to the front. We're going to just fill the altar. If you got some baggage, come up here. We're going to pray. If you're ready to run into a new era, come up here. We're going to pray. Don't, don't sit there and wait. Don't think about it. If you want to come, go ahead and come now. the most beautiful thing when it relates to baggage is that by the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, when he accepted and he took on the sin of the world on his shoulders, he took all the baggage. He 
in essence, is asking us to do a divine transfer. He's saying, give me your baggage, and I'm going to give you peace. That sounds like a good deal to me. Yeah? So we're going to pray. Again, if you got baggage, just, oh, Jesus. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> you see your children, you see your sons, you see your daughters, you see the families that you have called together standing here gathered at your altar. And Father, we just pray right now, there have been things there that have been carrying. They've been carrying things physically. They have been carrying baggage financially. They have been carrying baggage emotionally. They have been carrying baggage spiritually, Lord. They have been carrying things far too long. You did not send your son Jesus to die on the cross that we would be bound. Lord, you have sent your son Jesus that we would be free. So, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I just pray freedom. I pray freedom. I pray that the baggage, whatever baggage it is, would fall off right now in the name of Jesus. I declare by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the power of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, baggage be gone. Baggage be destroyed. Lord, we just say that right now you just destroy the handles, you destroy everything on it that it cannot be picked up. Obliterate the baggage right now. Do away with it, Lord. Let them know, again, that you have exchanged that. Give them peace. Give them joy. Restore their hope. Restore their faith. Restore their families. In Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus. Oh. And Jesus, to those that you are taking to a new place, to a new level, to a new era, Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the promotion. I thank you, Lord, for the elevation that's happening in their lives. I thank you, Lord, that you are taking them to a new place beyond their wildest hopes and their dreams, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would do exceedingly and abundantly above anything they could ask or think through their lives and in their lives and for their lives. Lord, I just thank you that you are giving them the ability to dream again. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to give them promotion, Lord, way beyond their qualification. I pray, God, that you're going to open up doors that no man can close. I thank you, Lord, that this is the time, that this is the era, that this is the place, that these are the people, God, that in all-consuming love for you would develop. I pray, God, right now an awakening of God in all of the hearts of the people. I pray, God, that the promises of God would be real and would come to life right now in this church and in this nation. I pray, God, for the goodness of God. I pray for the power of God. I pray for the majesty of God, for the reign of God, for the justice of God, for the righteousness of God, for the glory of God to be in this house and in these people's lives. May it go home with them. May it go in their car with them. May they be covered and protected by the grace, by the grace, by the love, by the truth, by the peace of God. Holy Spirit, flow in the lives of your people for now and forever. In Jesus' name, all of those who are free, all of those that are moving to the next level, all of those that are moving into the new era, agreed and said, Amen.
I'm just getting started. I'm ready to preach now. Don't pick it back up. Do not pick it back up. The transfer has already happened. Jesus has said, it's mine now. Don't pick it back up. Uh, again, if you need additional prayer, we're going to have prayer partners up here that will be able to pray with you. Isn't God good? I just want to remind you again, so important for this prayer training that we're going to have on Wednesday night. Be out here at 7 o'clock. We've got a golf tournament coming up. Golf, we'd love for you to be a part of that to benefit our school. And uh, again, we want to remember the potluck coming up to remember our dear friends, Pastor Randall and Pastor David. Good day in the Lord today, amen. amen. We belong. We belong. We're strong. We're, strong. We're champions, We're champions. Together. together. God bless you. Have a great day.